The hymn is in your green hymnal. It is number three. Considering those are the hymn of the day, we're on Advent 3, and it happens to be number three. The only Son from heaven. Foretold by ancient seers. By God the Father given. In human shape appears. No sphere his light confining. No star so brightly shining. As he our morning star. Revelation chapter 22, verse 16 says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star. Here we have the morning star, and it appears that this hymn uh, is... taking Jesus as the morning star, he our morning star, and is using that imagery uh, of it, kind of an analogy, if you will, and applying it to so many different uh, ways. Uh, The hymn writer, as you can see on the uh, top left, Elizabeth Cruciger. Um, Her husband was Casper Cruciger, Uh, He was a professor of theology at the University of Wittenberg. He was within Luther's inner circle. And Luther, you might remember, was trying to get them to uh, write some hymns. Well, she is the only female hymn writer within Luther's uh, group. And uh, this one here is a doozy. So... He's the only son from heaven. She begins by telling us that he was foretold by ancient seers, by the prophets, the Old Testament prophets, foretold his coming. The whole Old Testament is pointing us forward uh, to him. By God the Father given in human shape appears. So we're talking about his incarnation. That's why this hymn has been stuck not only in the Christmas season, it's also uh, found in the Epiphany section of the hymnal. And here we have it with the Advent section. Uh, So, this appearance, this incarnation of Christ, uh, the actual uh, German is not just by God the Father given, but sprang from the Father's heart. letting us know the the love that the Father had in sending him uh, to us. Concerning this morning star, the light shining out, no sphere his light confining. It's not restricted to any area. Uh, No star so brightly shining. This one uh, is like our sun. He is the morning star that uh, uh, fills all things. Stanza number two. O time of God appointed. 
O bright and holy morn, he comes, the King anointed, the Christ, the Virgin born. So having spoke about Jesus, the morning star, this going out in his prophets in the Old Testament and his incarnation, and then now, uh, as it is being preached, it's, it's shining out. Uh, she tells us about the timing of God. Uh, it was the time of God appointed. Uh, the scriptures say at just the right time, God sent his son. So at the appointed time, we have what? Well, it's as if the Old Testament was the people living in darkness. Now we have Jesus, who is the morn, the light appears. Uh, this is, is the beginning of a new age. It says he is appointed to be the king. That's how he comes. We saw him as that uh, humble and righteous king. And more than that, this promised Christ uh, is one who is born of a virgin, as we have with Isaiah 7. We continue on with stanza 2. His home on earth he maketh, and man of heaven partaketh of life again and air. So, uh, he leaves his heavenly throne, leaves the Father's throne that he might make his home here. As John says, he comes in tabernacles among us. Uh, this man of heaven partakes of our human life that he might, being the heir, he might gain life for us. Stanza number three. O Lord, our hearts awaken. To know and love thee more. And so you see the result of his coming uh, at just the right time is so that we might have an awakened heart, a heart of faith, as well as one who would know and, and show love towards him. In faith to stand unshaken. In spirit to adore. So, being given the Spirit, we have faith in the heart that we might stand in that faith, knowing Christ, loving uh, God even more. Last part, that we still heavenward hasting, yet hear thy joy foretasting, may reap its fullness there. So we're on this heavenward journey. Even while we're here, we're foretasting uh, by the word, by the sacrament, uh, uh, that which we will finally reap uh, on that on that last day when we are are with Him. Second Peter one verse nineteen, and we have the word of the prophets made more certain, and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. That morning star, as it says here, 
uh, we ought to pay attention to uh, the word as we're on the journey, uh, that we might, uh, that the day would dawn, Christ rising, uh, and we would receive him, that, that morning star. Well, we've got uh, three stanzas uh, back in 1806, uh, 1850, something like that. Arthur Russell uh, translated this uh, particular hymn into English. He omitted stanzas four and five, um, and thus uh, American Lutheranism uh, has not had those uh, particular stanzas. Someone added a doxological verse. Uh, he described those, uh, Cruciger, she described those uh, stanzas, three, four, and five, as holiness uh, in this world. Uh, you've heard stanza three, stanza four and five go, Creator of all things, fatherly power, you rule mightily of your own authority from end to end. Incline our hearts to you and cleanse our senses that they not stray from you. Stanza five, kill us through your kindness. Awaken us through your mercy. Make the old man weak so that the new might live. And here on this earth, direct my mind and thoughts and every desire to you. All right, uh, the only son from heaven. We'll go ahead and sing the first uh, stanza. The only son from heaven foretold by ancient seers by God the Father given, in human form appears. No seer his light confining, no star so brightly shining, as he our morning star. All right, set that aside. We're on the Lord's Prayer. We're all the way to the seventh petition. We took a look at the sixth uh, last time. The seventh petition, but deliver us from evil. What does this mean? Answer. We pray in this petition, as the sum of all, we pray in this petition as the sum of all that our Father in heaven would deliver us from every evil of body and soul. Property and honor. And finally, when our last hour has come, Grant us a blessed end, us a blessed and, end. Graciously take us and graciously take us from this veil of tears to himself in heaven. So we have gone through six petitions. We finally get to the seventh. Uh, it is a summary. It sums all up, uh, all of these that go before 
If our Lord would deliver us from evil, he would deliver us from evil of body by giving us our daily bread, the things that we need. He would deliver us from evil of soul by uh, guarding us against the temptations of the devil, the world, and our sinful nature. Um, In all these things, we would be delivered from uh, speaking evil, saying evil, thinking evil, uh, by the Lord uh, having his will done in us and, and, and all uh, yes, this is a, uh, a sum or summary of, of all that has gone uh, before. Sin. Prior to Adam and Eve's fall into sin, we speak of the world being perfect. It was a, a paradise, the Garden of Eden. Uh, however, with the coming of sin... We really have uh, uh, two sources of evil. Two sources. Often people will go, "Well, where where did evil come from? Uh, where's what 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 is it that that is that is evil? The devil originally was a, a good angel who left his rightful place, who rebelled." Um, and came down to earth, and the scriptures say, Woe to us, for he has come. Uh, in his temptation, we didn't cling to the word of God. We didn't hold on and trust in Christ. Uh, and so we fell into sin. Our own nature uh, fell. And so we often will say that there is a twofold uh, origin. Satan, yes, originally, and then sinful man himself. Um, we'd like to give it all to the devil. The devil made me do it. We'd like to say, hey, uh, it's not us, not us at all. Uh, but that is, is simply not uh, the case. Um, and so, uh, Jesus speaks as he talks to the Pharisees about your father, the devil, uh, and he says, the desires of your father you want to do. Uh, what happens is, is that uh, uh, we then uh, pick this up and, and wish to do as uh, we are told. The, the devil who is a liar, oh, we think maybe we'd like to lie. Uh, the devil who would like to murder and to hurt and to harm, well, um, if it might advance our cause, then we too would uh, would pick up these things. Um, I've often wondered exactly how that happens. How does how does the devil tempt us? It, it seems to me like most sin just kind of comes from inside of me, or the sin. I see the sin around and I desire it. You know, with a simple world, but. Don't know exactly how the devil works, exactly how much power he has. It's not like he can talk inside my head. Um, and, you know, whisper, he's, not, he's not this little guy whispering into my ear, hey, why don't you do that? I don't know, is there any, any thought on that from church fathers? Just Job. Just Job. What now? Just Job. Just Job. <laughs> um, actually, uh, if you want to know the, you know, the way, the way Luther, um, goes at this. Um, as I mentioned, it's kind of a two sources of evil. That being said, if it is the devil, then that which is in us, it's also that which is in my neighbor. And so that's where we get the devil, the world, and our sinful nature. Um, Luther pretty well says 
that um, uh, we have our own sinful nature and, and of ourselves, uh, we, uh, when, when sin comes our way, uh, uh, we are more than capable of sinning all, all by that. There are others who would ask us to throw in the lot with that. Luther tends to speak of those two things, our own simple, in the realm of, what would you call it, second table of the law sins. Sins that have to do with my neighbor and this life. When it deals with doctrine, heresy, and, and, and things that deal with, he normally leaves that to the devil. Which is quite, quite interesting. Um, now I, I don't know if it's quite you know, that clear, but um, but I think he's he's definitely right in saying, you know, the devil is most concerned with the source, and the source is if I can get you away from faith, well then all of the rest will come out. So um, I think one other thing that probably that is probably a part of it. Whenever Luther speaks of the condemnation of the law, whether it is the law of the conscience that's written on the heart, or whether it is the law uh, of, of the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, Luther says that when those Ten Commandments uh, uh, strike us, it is only because of our sin that we see ourselves. That is, that which is our sinfulness, our sinful nature, our thing. When, I mean, God gave us his law to, to, to point this out. But it's, it's there for, for that purpose. Um, uh, showing us um, uh, this are already our inclination. Um, maybe to say it another way, there's a reason why the first day of school, the teacher only gives you, you know, three rules. She doesn't give you 35 rules. You know, sit in your chair, you know, raise your hand if you have to get up, don't bother your neighbor. She doesn't say, don't throw spitballs, don't punch them, don't poke them, don't... Why? You're just giving them ideas. That's what Luther says happens with the Ten Commandments. Because of our sinful nature. I mean, what does that say about our, our situation? Um, it, it only encourages. When Paul's talking to the Corinthians... He points out that they have to have false teaching to show that the true teaching is true. See, and we have to have the law to prove that the teaching of God is true, and we're not. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, ultimately, God uses it for for His purpose, but um, but but yes, He does. He does that. He He takes care of it. Um, and so what do we see? Yes, we have, we have uh, the devil, which mainly is uh, with heretics and false teaching and leading uh, uh, 
people astray, although the scriptures speak of lying and murder. Those are the, the biggies for him. Uh, it speaks of the world itself, uh, that we are not to, uh, uh, my son, don't consent to with sinners, don't cast your lot in with them, don't consent to do what they do. They will come to you and say, throw in your lot with us. This, this is the Proverbs uh, kind of thing. And yet, God tells us that he has overcome the world. Uh, we, we can stand up against that. And then finally, it is our own uh, original sin, which we can use the law in order to put to death, in order to expose. Um, with that being said, we tend to think of deliver us from evil. Um, you know, what, what is evil? What's what's how, how bad's it got to be to be evil? Um, well, um, you know, the, uh, you say, well, I, uh, um, I, uh, I don't know, I stub my toe. That hurt. Is that evil? Well, um, you know, the. Uh, because of that, I went to the doctor. He found my cancer. Well, that was good. That was a good thing that happened. Um, how, how, how bad's it got to be? Um, and so, well, uh, some say, well, uh, it, it, what doesn't kill you makes you better, makes you stronger. Well, what if it kills you? That's better, yeah. <laughs> Does that make it bad? First um, Corinthians 15. The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. All right, so the law shows us our sin. But sin, the wages of sin is death. Um, is death that which is, is evil? But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus has overcome death. Uh, he may not keep us away from it. That is, he may allow us to pass through that death, but it has been changed to a, a, a gate to eternal life. It has been changed to a shadow, not the real thing. And so our Lord has, in fact, delivered us from death so that when our last hour comes, he makes it not a, a wretched end, which would end in hell, but a blessed end and takes us away from this world, which is a veil of tears, that he, we might receive eternal life. And so it is through death that we are rescued and brought into the kingdom. And so here is the way in which... Uh, through faith in Jesus Christ that we have rescue from all evil, there is nothing we need fear. Questions? The uh, atheist doesn't believe in Jesus or the devil, so he just, whatever happens, happens, I guess. I never thought about that. That's my story. Yeah. Uh, um, the devil didn't do it, could Right, so the atheist doesn't believe in God. You kind of go, okay, well then, what do you what do you got? Um, 
Well, you're right. He probably doesn't believe in the, in, in the devil. Most people today are not philosophical in the sense that they really spend a whole lot of time on that. They simply are concerned about their own uh, goodies and what they can do and how they can do it. Uh, there is a, uh, although it is a phenomenon, it is a, a growing religion, Satanism is. Um, Satanism is a growing religion right now. Um, they, uh, I think the latest is something like 150,000 practicing uh, Satanists in, in the world. In fact, uh, made it into the news recently, you know, because you have to allow equal uh, billing if you're going to put up a manger scene or whatever. In the Iowa State Capitol, uh, they have a small uh, statue of, of Satan. The Church of Satan set up a little thing. And it's got a little picture of, of Satan sitting on this thing. I don't know if you've ever seen these. It has like two children, like a boy and a girl. And they're looking up to this figure of Satan who's got a goat's head and, and, and things of this sort. Um, but it's, it, I mean, it's terrible. It's rotten. But, but it's not what you think. Um, you go to the, 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 like the Church of Satan. Um, they will tell you, well, we don't even really believe there's a Satan. The ones that, that, that do this, um, they simply uh, are worshiping their own uh, freedom to do anything that they want. And, and that's what he is supposedly giving to them. Really more this reaction against Christianity that they even... Yeah, pretty, pretty well. Yeah. yeah, it's just a reaction. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah, it's, it's not so much a... a Dogmatic, you know, system. Probably uh, before God, it's the same. The what is? Before God, it's probably the same. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 All right. We light the candles. We'll begin. Oh, I got it. <laughs> that was quick. Wow. That was fast. How'd you do that? <laughs> All right, page 224, please stand. Oh Lord, open my lips. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father and to the Son. And to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Praise to you, O Christ, King who comes to save us. You may be seated. The reading is on the back of the bulletin. It is Matthew chapter 11. And when John heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind see, and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, 
and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. As they departed, Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John, What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? Indeed, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I say to you, and more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist, but he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. This is God's word. Our hymn, The Only Son from Heaven. Son from heaven, foretold by ancient seers, by God the Father given, in human form appears, no sphere his light confining, no star so brightly shining. As he our morning star, O time of God appointed, O bright and holy morn, he comes the King anointed, the Christ the Virgin born, his home on earth he maketh. And man of heaven partaketh of life again and air. O Lord, our hearts awaken to know and love thee more. In faith to stand unshaken. In spirit to adore, that we still heavenward pacing, yet man thy joy foretasting, may reap its fullness there. All right, John the Baptist, where is he? He's in prison. What's he doing there? Just hanging around. Just hanging around. (laughs) Why is he there? (laughs) What? The wicked girl who danced. The wicked girl who danced, yes. Um, He was arrested by Herod. 
uh, because uh, John said that he was committing adultery by divorcing his wife and marrying his sister's wife. Um, while he's there, yep, uh, the girl dances and his head's going to be cut off. Um, but it hasn't happened yet. He's still hanging out in prison. Uh, John sends two of his disciples to go and talk to Jesus. Why does he send them? He's wondering. Okay. What's he wondering about? Well, he's been in prison waiting. Yep. Waiting too long. <laughs> that may very well be. Um, he's in prison. Uh, he has been foretelling and pointing to Jesus, the Christ, who is going to come. And what did John say? When the Christ comes, what's going to happen? The enemy will be defeated. Yeah, he talked in that language. He said that they ought to repent now because the axe is already at the He's right. When Jesus comes, he's going to chop down the tree. He's going to take care of this. John's in prison and he's like, well, all right, Jesus. Get at it. Um, I'm ready. Yeah, it feels like maybe he's been there too long. Um, so, he can't leave prison, but he can send two of his disciples uh, to go and ask Jesus about this. What's the question? Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? Um, there is, in, in Jewish thought, there were many different prophecies, and they were having trouble kind of figuring them all out. Um, again, they were prophecies and shadows, so there was this prophecy about a king who was going to be in David's line and who was going to come. Uh, there was also a prophecy that uh, Moses, there was going to be a, another prophet like Moses, and when he came, you ought to listen to him. And, and there were prophecies that there was going to be a, a, a final uh, priest uh, that was going to come. And, and then we have uh, this messenger who's going to go before his face is John. Hmm. Oh, yes. How did he know? Well, he knew from the womb who Jesus was. He, from the womb, he's already knew. He was jumping up and down. When I Jesus mean, came... Because his disciples are the ones who are really wondering, so he sent them to go and get the truth, you know, and be convinced that this is the one. Um, you've got Luther on your side, if you say it that way. Um, I don't go. I don't buy it, but you got Luther on your side, so it's hard for me to... Uh, Luther says John wasn't asking any questions... He, he was concerned about his own disciples. And uh, so this, this is John 
who says, listen, my disciples, I'm here in prison and they're still hanging on to me and they're still, and I keep telling them to go follow Jesus, but they won't do it. Um, and so John really has no questions at all. He's good. He just wants his disciples to go. And when they hear from Jesus, uh, then, then they'll do it. Well, I think it's interesting, and I can't remember the Greek, but anyway, when he says, are you the coming one, or do we look for another? Now, the coming one is the one who was promised in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy 18, or 15, 18, or 1815, whichever one it is, and several other places. And and John was convinced that that's who Jesus was, the coming one. Just by the way he asks that question, are you this one who the Old Testament promises were coming? It's a rhetorical question. Jesus can only answer it, yes. <laughs> and John's disciples probably looking at John's suffering are not convinced that John knows what he's talking about. <laughs> that could be. <laughs> this is not playing out the way we planned. Um, I, I, I think, you know, Jane's point is that John is already jumping in the womb to point out Jesus. When Jesus appears on the scene, they're cousins, they've got Elizabeth, they've got Mary, you got, you know, uh, uh, John is in the wilderness baptizing and pointing Jesus out. Uh, here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John is there when the heavens are opened and he baptizes Jesus. And John says, I saw the Holy Spirit come down upon him and point him out. He said, I wouldn't have known if the Holy Spirit had not, you know. Um, and, and so I have no doubt that John knows exactly who, that Jesus is this promised Messiah. That he is that who is is the coming one. Uh, that I that I don't doubt. Well, it makes me think of Abraham. Abraham fully trusted in the promise, but then he says, "So how is this going to happen? Because I don't have a son. And maybe you're going to use Eliezer. Maybe you're going to use Ishmael." And he tries to work out the details on his own and kind of make it happen. It's not that he's not trusting in the promise. It's just. He doesn't get exactly how this is happening because, Lord, I don't see it. I don't see it happening the way you said. So John believes in the Christ. He believes in Jesus. But it's not happening in the time frame that he thinks is going to happen. I don't know. Maybe he's just saying, all right, so how is this going to work out? Does John need to know? Well, no, but I think he wants to, like we all do. Um, Absolutely not. He knows the prophecies of Isaiah. That's right. I mean, I mean, John and I, I mean, John and Isaiah. I mean, Isaiah makes the prophecies, and John pulls them all out and says, "This is that one." Um, I, I, Abraham's a pretty good example. I'm going to tell you, you know, the Blessed Virgin Mary is another perfect example of someone who the angel says this is going to happen. She says, "How will this be? I've not known a man." Um, I want to know. Tell me how this works out. 
I'm laying, I think John is asking that kind of question. Maybe to his credit and also discredit, but we were better than John in that we have the entire scripture. Of course he was there. And how many times do we doubt our faith? Right. How many times do you go, well, did Jesus die for me? And of course it's, our faith always answers that question. And here we just have a, a longer time frame, I guess, where he's sending his, his disciples to have Jesus answer that question in the same way that Jesus answers that question for us. It's not really our faith that's answering that question. Well, it's our faith Holy is Christ that's answering that question yeah. through our faith. Right. So, you doubt. Yeah, you doubt. I doubt. Um, so, what do we do with that? What do we do with that doubt? You know, you you come to me and say, "Hey, I, you know, I'm I'm doubting whether Jesus." And I go, like, "All right, well, go to Jesus. You know, go to God." You, but you kind of go, "Wait, I'm doubting him." Yeah, I know. Um, but what happens is, is that's exactly what it's that that you know. I got questions. I'm not saying you know if I have given up on and I no longer believe, I'm not going to go to God. For those answers, um, but if I am doubting, of course I am. I'm not saying that John is is in prison saying I've got this all worked out. I don't need to know. He's saying I don't know how this works out, um, and I'm not quite sure. Um, I'm expecting you to do some other things, and I don't see it. And so he sends the disciples to him, saying, "How's this going to work? Um, is there another? Is this house?" I, I don't know how this works. What's interesting is that Jesus sends back word, and, you know, verse 4, go and tell John. Um, I have both, you know, John heard in prison, and he sent them, and then we have Jesus. You know, I don't, I don't think that John's winking, and then Jesus is winking back. Go tell John. I know it's just for you guys, but John knows. I, it, go and tell John. But what does he tell John? The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. The same thing Isaiah said. <laughs> In other words, Jesus takes John by the scruff and says, you know, I don't know what you're thinking about. I don't know what you're expecting me to do, but here's what Isaiah said I was going to do. Oh. Am I doing that? Yes. Well, then I'm the coming one. I'm him. I am it. You know, you need not... It's not that what I'm doing doesn't agree with Isaiah. I mean, then we got a problem. I mean, if Isaiah says you're supposed to do stuff and you're not doing what Isaiah says, then he's not the one. But if Jesus is doing it, Jesus' answer to John is... I'm doing exactly what Isaiah said. Whatever you're thinking and I'm not doing, you can forget about it. Because that's not important. Um, You know, we've got all all our ideas. Well, if God was real, he would have rescued me. If God was real, he wouldn't have allowed this to happen uh, to me or to the Jews or to, you know, the Holocaust or all kinds of crazy uh, um, uh, ideas that we have. But here we see him saying... I'm, I'm doing what I was sent to do. 
in that long list, we tend to emphasize uh, the blind see, the lame walk, the, and, I, and, and he does all those. He does all those miracles. But it's a pretty common thing for you to list the things and put the most important thing last. Um, you know, there's all this, there's this, and then you get to the thing which is kind of over the top. The last thing is the poor have the gospel preached to them. Um, this is about the good news. This is about those who are, 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 are struggling. And so Jesus says, and blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Jesus doesn't do what we expect or what we want. He does what he's sent to do. He does what's best for us. He is working out all things for the good. Um, and so they go back to John to let John know what's going to happen. John's going to die in prison. That's what's going to happen. Uh, but that's according to God's plan. Uh, it, it, it's, it's not a mess up. As they departed, Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John. The first part is about who is Jesus. The second part is all about John. It's all about the messenger. Well, the message is who Jesus is. That is, the gospel, the good news, that Jesus has come to take away the sins in the world. But the second part is all about the messenger. He's going to start talking about John. Um, so, tell me about John. What would you go out to see? What kind of guy is he? Um, he looks like a mountain man. <laughs> Pretty rough-looking kind of guy out in the wilderness. Uh, but, but you went out there to see him. Uh, he describes him as a reed shaken by the wind. What does that mean? <coughs> a, something swaying in the wind. Well, you say it that way, not really staying on message. Yeah, so if, if it's popular this week to, you know, say this, I'll go with that, whatever it is next week, I do that. Is John, does he just tell you whatever is the popular opinion and everything that's going on? Well, they know for sure. That's why he's in prison. Um, and so they probably were not thinking a lot of John. John's in prison and Jesus is out. And so is he that? Is he that kind of person? Well, of course not. Uh, he's in prison because he spoke the truth and wouldn't back down on it, even to the king uh, himself. What did you go out to see? Uh, was he a, a highfalutin, wealthy prestige, power, wearing soft clothing? Well, no, he's not that kind of importance. That would be someone in a king's house. Well, well what did you go out to see? So he says here, he was a prophet. But it describes him as even more than a prophet. That is, a prophet just looks forward. This prophet actually got to see the thing that he prophesied of. He got to point Jesus out. John has his foot in the Old Testament, and then he's got his foot in the New Testament because he gets to, he's like a prophet apostle all, all rolled up into one. And so Jesus is going to speak very highly of this prophet, which Malachi describes him as a, 
a messenger, why does Jesus want to speak so highly of the messenger? Because he's not a doubter. Because he's not a what? A doubter. Jesus? No, John. Because John isn't. Right, right, right. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, he's, he's actually pointing out how, look at my word and how it's been being fulfilled. First, you know, in John and in me. I mean, that's the whole thing is, this is the word is being fulfilled. You may have wrong ideas about what the word is saying. So I'm going to tell you, look at the word again. This is what is happening. Right, right. And so it takes a messenger. That's the way God teaches us. Um, you know, we were talking about doubting. We are talking about faith. And, well, what, what about this? Well, where do we go? Well, you know, when we say, yeah, I'm going to go to God, well, what does that mean? i got to go to the Word. Well, the Word came to us by prophets and apostles. Um, well, I, you know, I believe in Jesus. I, I just don't go to, to the organized religion. I, I don't go to a congregation and, 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 and don't have a pastor. So what do you say? Yeah. So you've been reading the Word, right? Okay. Did you read about the church Jesus set up? Did you read about the pastors that he appointed? Did you read a part where it said, don't give up meeting together? Wait a minute. You know, you're setting up, you know, what we call a false dichotomy. You're setting up two things as if they can't be true. No, no, no. Read the word always. But the word tells you to be a part of a congregation. The word tells you to receive the preaching of it. It's not one or the other. Well, either I'm going to have the word or I'm going to hear a path. No, it ought, those ought to be, all of that uh, is done. So John, Jesus is pointing out John. John is the, one of the greatest, pro- yes, he's in prison. And yes, he's going to die in prison. What does it matter? What's that to you? Listen to what he says. Um, John preached the truth. Uh, he pointed me out. He pointed out the truth to Herod, uh, preached the law. Uh, this is the messenger. He prepared my way. He got me ready. His job's done. John knew this. John said he's going to increase and I'm going to decrease. Uh, John was immensely popular. By the end of his ministry, he's in prison. He's got a couple disciples and everyone else has gone to Jesus. Yep, that's the way it's going to be. Of those risen among women, no one greater than John the Baptist. Um, the, the, the greatest prophet dies in prison. And that, that just doesn't quite make sense to us. Um, but then... The Son of God is rejected and dies on a cross. The yeah, one who is least is Christ. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, not to be offended by the Jesus who, well, does things according to God's will. Uh, the one who makes sure that we are delivered from from all evil. Uh, that is, is, is the messenger 
that uh, tells us that, that message of law and gospel. Comments, questions? All right, let's get out our responsive prayer and we'll conclude. Get out your light tan sheet. Please stand. Holy God, holy and most gracious Father, you shall have no other gods. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. He says, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I will wash my hands in innocency, so I will go about your altar, O Lord. Lord, I have loved the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Do not bend my soul with sinners, In whose hands is a sinister scheme, 
and whose right hand is full of bribes. My foot stands in an even place. In the congregations I will bless the Lord. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be world without end. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord, we implore you, give ear to our prayers, enlighten the darkness of our hearts by your gracious visitation. For you now live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The final petition. O God, who makes the unworthy worthy, sinners righteous, impure pure, work in me true repentance for my sins and misdeeds, for my daily and countless transgressions. Through faith in thy Son, make me worthy to receive the sacrament of thy Son's body and blood, for the cleansing of my soul and body of all shame and sin. Through him who offered himself to thee, O God, Father, the perfect propitiatory sacrifice, who is our sinless and only mediator, through the high priest Jesus Christ, thy dear Son. Amen. Bless we the Lord. The Lord bless us, defend us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life.